is Friday, December 15th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Raiders route the Chargers. And the Dodgers keep poaching other teams' good players. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Raiders, 63 to 21 win over the Chargers. That's a Thursday night over, I think. The Rays agree to trade ace Tyler Glass now to the Dodgers. And we've got a ton of football bowl games start tomorrow. What is the Vegas lead here, Scott? Well, let's start with Thursday night football. The Raiders with a franchise record 63 points in a 63-21 blowout win over the Chargers. And AJ, this was over really before it started. You know, the Chargers were playing without Justin Herbert, as we knew. Easton Stick was at quarterback. They announced that Keenan Allen was going to be out for this game. And when we talked about this game yesterday, when we handicapped this game, we felt like it was going to be a performance where the Chargers would quit. I didn't think it would look this bad, though. This was not just quit. This was like this was a, a different level of humiliation that I, I, I don't know that. Like even when the early in the season when the when the Broncos got beat by fifty against the uh, the Dolphins, it didn't feel quite like this. It, this felt like the Raiders were just toying with the charge, and they were chucking the ball around late, like they were trying to embarrass this team. And it's a coach who is in in Antonio Pierce who's trying to get the job long term, and it's a coach in Brandon Staley who I think realizes. And if he didn't realize before last night, he realizes now he is not going to be the head coach of the, of the Chargers uh, for much longer. If, if I mean, we may hear something today. I would think so. Uh, I thought that this was uh, I thought it was a contrived effort by the players to get Brandon Stelly fired. Might have been. They lost, they lost four fumbles in this game, and some of them looked like they were just giving the ball to the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, in, in the pick six uh, near the end, it, I mean, it was like. It's like Aiden O'Connell just threw it right into his hands from about five feet away. Um, this was everybody should be embarrassed with this performance. This this was like you, you they kept showing Justin Herbert on the sideline and he was just kind of shaking mm-hmm. his head. Like if anything, it, this makes the case Justin Herbert should be the MVP of the league. I mean, uh, <laughs> when when he's in there, all they do is lose by three points. Yeah. You know, he's out. They lose by a million. So. Um, no, I mean, this is the season was over for the Chargers, and they played like they knew it was over. Mm-hmm. Zamir White, who filled in for the injured uh, Josh Jacobs, starting at running back, 17 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. Nice. De- Devontae Adams had a big night, eight catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. He caught the touchdown thrown by Jacoby Myers. Yes, the Raiders were up. There was 42. Not, they were up by 42 when they were throwing, uh, <laughs> you know, wide receiver passes but they were trying to spread the love this was like a fun night for the Raiders as they were trying to get everybody involved and everybody scored Jacoby Myers Michael Mayer Trey Tucker had two touchdowns Adams finally got one Zamir White got one everybody uh you know took part in this yeah like I said this was about as embarrassing as it gets and the Raiders they 
they did not back off. They could have easily taken the foot off the gas. And uh, it's funny on on our same game parlay pod, we talked about you know the Raiders will be up. They they're probably not going to want to throw the ball around very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we may have missed that one because the Raiders thirty four pass attempts. Aiden O'Connell had more pass attempts than Ethan Stick, and they were they were winning the entire game. Yeah. So this was. This was a, a wild game script. I, I didn't. I listen. I had a bet early last week. I bet under on this game, and mm-hmm. um, it took me about five minutes to realize that that wasn't happening. Yeah, uh, I I took the over on Austin Eckler combined rushing and receiving yards because I thought that he would have a big day, especially receiving the football with all the dump off passes. And I thought that without you know Keenan Allen, he was going to be the focal point of their offense. Five carries for nine yards, four catches for twenty nine. I, that sounds like you didn't make the over. No, no, not yeah. not, not even close. So I mean, Raiders, there, there was there was no game script for them to run the ball at all in no. that in that entire game. Well, Isaiah Spiller carried it sixteen times, but you know that, that was that that was it in in corpse time. They knew yeah. the game was over. Yep, Raiders improved to six and eight. The Chargers are five and nine, and the, I guess the Raiders not not eliminated. They're, they're keeping their hopes alive for a playoff spot. Yeah, it seemed pretty slim, but you're, you're right. They do they do exist. Uh, like, is there a time this season for the rest of the season you could picture backing the Chargers again, or is no. it, it's it's dead, right? I mean, even if what if they fire the coach, then I, maybe in the first game. Okay, yeah, yeah they're, their the last coach. boy, their last three games: Bills at Broncos, Chiefs. Yep. Nope. No chance. No I, chance. <laughs> Not backing them at all. They are dead. I yep. mean, this what what a wild, wild season for that team that has so much talent and it's just wasted. Let's go around the NFL. Uh, we know that the Vikings will be starting Nick Mullins at quarterback, but Josh Dobbs will not be the backup to Nick Mullins. Josh Dobbs is going to be QB3 when the Vikings do battle this weekend. That seems odd. Um, but listen, I, I don't know. It, that almost seems like punishing a dude who came in and got your team a couple wins. Uh, and I, I don't totally get that. But, um, you know, maybe they they realized that – I mean, they traded for him for a reason. Maybe mm-hmm. they're realizing that he's, you know, he's not going to be around next year. They just want to see what they've got with some other guys. But I can't imagine that he, as the backup quarterback, wouldn't be more useful – uh, is it Jaron Hall? Is that who they're going with at yeah. the backup quarterback? Yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like the time to just uh, see what you've got in some young player. It seems like if something were to happen to Nick Mullins, you'd want the guy who gave you the best chance to win right now. I would assume that's Dobbs, but may, maybe they feel differently. Well, let that kick off our week 15 preview of the NFL games. And the Vikings are currently three and a half point dogs against the Bengals in Cincinnati lines courtesy of the DraftKings Sportsbook so we've seen a little uptick from three to three and a half AJ and um, you're right if something happens to Nick Mullins then Jaron Hall has to come into the game I mean it makes you like the Bengals even more I think I I, three and a half I, I don't see how you can play the Bengals at three and a half like I don't understand what's changed from last week when this was Cincinnati plus one and a half well, Alexander like now, Madison's officially out, so they're, they're Alex, Alexander to, Madison stinks. Yeah, like, but, I mean, I, it's like, I, I, he can't well, possibly move the line. Is it Justin Jefferson's status, maybe, or his you know questions from, 
from what I understand, Justin, Justin Jefferson's a go. So I, I don't know. I really think this is a bunch of positivity on Jake Browning, which just seems like it, it's it's getting a little out of control. Uh, like I've I've been impressed with him so far, but we're getting we're getting a little wild here. Now I when I I saved open my one weight on the Dream Pod for you know to see what would happen by the end of the show and see if I would come up with something that would uh, make me lean one way or the other. And what I found was a a trend on the teams that are playing on a short week and on the second game of a back to back, and it's it's bad like if you look uh if you're especially if your opponent was home right so let's see since the start of the 2021 season if you're on the second of a back-to-back i mean the second back-to-back road 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 games and you're on short rest and your opponent is coming off of a home game so you're saying well they're both on short rest yeah but they were home you were on the road since 2021 two and seven ats by negative 11.56 points of cover margin. So yeah, these teams strong, are strong getting numbers. these teams are getting blown out in these situations, which makes me want to fade Minnesota because of their situation. Moving on, the Steelers are at the Colts and Indy, one and a half point favorites over Pittsburgh. It feels like a good time to back the Steelers. Uh I've been calling them one of the luckiest teams in, in the league all season long, and I still think they are, but it's kind of come down to earth a little. You lose to the Cardinals and the Patriots, and suddenly the market's not as is, is believing in you. Uh, but I think the Colts have also been very lucky. You know, they they won three straight one-score games, and the game that they played that wasn't a one-score game, they got two pick sixes uh, against the Panthers, and that's what it took to beat the Panthers. So it, the, the Colts' run game is just not the same without Jonathan Taylor. They're down over a yard per carry when he's not in the game. And the... The, the Steelers way better against the run than they were early in the season. So if we're making it a game where they're asking uh, Gardner Minshew to to do the heavy lifting, uh, I like my chances with Pittsburgh. And this is just such a, a, a Mike Tomlin hype them up spot. Like the world thinks they suck now. They lost to the mm-hmm. Cardinals and Patriots. Nobody believes in them. Tomlin gets his guys up in these spots. And I should mention that these are the three games that are being played on Saturday. So tomorrow we have a triple header in the NFL. The first game at one o'clock Eastern time is the Vikings and Bengals. The 430 game is the Steelers and the Colts. And then the night game, uh, the 815 primetime game tomorrow night, Saturday night football, the Lions four and a half point favorites hosting the Denver Broncos. I think we're uh, it's we're in a, a good spot to buy back on the Lions. I, I've been saying they're overvalued for a while, um, but it seems like you know getting embarrassed last week in Chicago has kind of dampened the market on them. And it, the Broncos continue to be very lucky with turnovers, seventeen to three turnover margin in their last seven games, the six and one run. Um, they are they are still bad defensively, particularly against the run. The Lions are fourth running the football in DVOA. The uh, the the Broncos are thirtieth against the run, so um, I, I just think this is a team that's that's still due for some regression. So I, I like the Lions here. Yeah, the Lions were one of my favorite plays on the Dream Pod, and it's because Dan Campbell has always shown the ability to rally the troops and have his team bounce back. In their last six games, following a loss, 
They are 6-0 and against the spread. Four of those six wins were by double digits, and in three of those games, they scored 33 points or more. In fact, if you go back to their last 17 games off a loss, that's a full season's worth of losses. The Lions are 12-5 and ATS. Wow. So they bounce back after losses big time, and I think they're going to do the same here on Saturday night against the Broncos. Let's head to Sunday and talk about the Bears at the Browns, where Joe Flacco's got some contract incentives for wins. Browns, a three-point favorite. Yeah, the Bears looked good last week against a bad defense in Detroit, but now you're facing a, a team that doesn't really have defensive weaknesses. Uh, the Browns, two games against Lamar, they, they didn't allow a run over 10 yards in, in either game. And I, I think they can control Justin Fields, not let him you know do a bunch of damage. And if you can limit what Justin Fields does with his legs, you're in good shape. And the the We've talked about this Browns defense and how good they are at home versus the road. They're about like almost 20 points more allowed on the road than at home. And, you know, having home field advantage here is big because the Bears also, their scoring differential at home, their scoring margin, they're plus 17 at home, minus 56 on the road. I just think the the bear or the Bears aren't a playoff caliber team, and I'm convinced the Browns are. So uh, I, I like the I like the Browns here. The Chiefs are at the Patriots, Kansas City, an eight-point favorite, total of 37. And Belichick was asked about the the report, the rumors that he will be gone at the end of the season. And, you know, in typical Belichick fashion, um, just focused on Kansas City. Yeah, I, I don't know who to back here. I, it, this feels like you should be back in New England, um, but it, it's – also feels like you know Casey off the loss and even when Kansas City's down you can't get a good price on them it feels like uh which is frustrating but the the Chiefs should come out pissed off I just don't know if their if their offense has enough juice to run away from anybody I I I can't believe I'm considering this but I think under 37 and a half in a Mahomes game you know with the with the rain forecast I think that's the only way I'd look yeah, and, you know, Pacheco likely out once again. So yep. Clyde Edwards-Alaire going to carry the weight uh, along with Jarek McKinnon for the Chiefs. The Jets are at the Dolphins. Miami up to nine and a half point favorites now over the Jets. And I think the line move is probably because of Tyreek Hill's status. Yeah, uh, and Tyreek Hill, not a participant at practice today, but it, I, they seem more and more confident that he is going to play. Um this one's weird because the weather is also going to, looks like it's going to impact this game. Lots of wind, lots of rain. Uh, and we, we just saw when Tyreek Hill was limited or, or out, we like this, this offense just really struggled. And it's, it's scary back in a team knowing that that might be what you're looking at, trying to, uh, trying to cover a big margin with an offense that can barely move the ball. So I'm going to end up staying away from this game. Kind of like the, how it's tough to back a Mahomes under, it's really tough to play a Miami Dolphins under when it's in the 30s, but that's that's the only way I'd look. Yeah, weather going to play a big role around the NFL. In a lot of games weekend. on the East Coast. Yep, yeah, absolutely, with a lot of rain and wind in the forecast. The Giants are in New Orleans to take on the Saints. New Orleans, a six-point favorite. This was my favorite play of the week is on the Giants, AJ, and I just I can't lay six points with New Orleans, like, ever. And it, they're so bad at home. It's like you can't give them any. You used to say, all right, well, they have one of the strongest home fields in the NFL. You don't give them anything for home field now. They're, they're one in five 
at home. They're six and fifteen ATS at home since the start of twenty twenty one, and as a favorite, they're two eight and one against the spread this year. Yeah, this is uh, one of those games where, at first glance, I was like, I've, I've got to back the Giants here, but then I'm like, it's just so square. It, it, like Tommy DeVito can't suddenly be like good, and we, we, if you're buying the Giants right now, it feels like you got to be buying at the peak of them. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I agree with you. The Saints should not be six point favorites over anybody. And I, I just can't get past that. I'm going to stay away from the game because it feels like this feels like one of those trappy kind of lines. Uh, the Giants have been very lucky with turnovers on this win streak. So I, I, there could be some regression there. But I, I, I just go back. To, I mean, even this win against Carolina, they, they did not like outperform uh, Carolina in that game. So I, I don't have much faith in them right now, um, the Saints. So I, I, I'm going to end up staying away, I think. Falcons three point favorites at the Panthers total of 33 and a half. What a game. What a game. <laughs> now it looks, it looks like this one's going to be pretty bad weather too. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta falls into that thing. And I've said this a lot this year. If you're a bad team, I don't care who you're playing. If you're laying a field goal or more on the road, I'm not interested in you. Atlanta's a bad team laying a field goal on the road. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I'm not going to find a way to get to them. Um, you know, I, I, I think this I could see this being I, I think there's gonna be a lot of running the football in this game. And Atlanta should have success running the football, but I, I'm not backing them. There's just no way they're too they're too they're too inconsistent of a team for me to lay a field goal on the road. The Bucks are at the Packers Green Bay three and a half point favorites over Tampa and Green Bay's banged up. You know, this is uh, it kept me off this game. The injury report for Green Bay, you know, it, Dylan's talking about a broken finger. You got Reed banged up Watson banged up. It's like a mash unit there in Green Bay. Yeah, it is. And this is this is one of the tougher games to call like. Jordan Love played so bad last week that I, I want to just throw him out. But, I mean, do I trust him more than Baker Mayfield? Yeah, probably. Um, Baker completed under 50% for the second straight week, and that was against Carolina and Atlanta. Not exactly great defenses. It looks like there's going to be temps in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, a, a Florida team going up and, and playing there, that that worries me. So I, I lean to, to Green Bay, but I, I don't think I'm going to be involved here. Yeah, the Bucks are horrible when they go to Green Bay, and a lot of it has to do with the, the probably the weather. If it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's kind of when you think about it, it's like a little obvious, right? You have a Florida team going up into the frigid temperature, but yep. the Bucks are one in fourteen straight up in Oof. their last fifteen regular season trips to Green Bay. That goes back to nineteen ninety, so they don't win when they travel <laughs> to Lambeau. The Texans are at the Titans, and Tennessee a three point favorite. AJ. Yeah, I, I, I would have played uh, Tennessee at two and a half. I, I think at three, I'm probably staying away. But whatever boost you've given the Texans since the season started, like from a power rating standpoint, it has to be on C.J. Stroud. And now you don't have C.J. Stroud. You're back starting the guy who is the reason you have C.J. Stroud now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're without just a mess. His, without the best offensive weapons. Yeah, Tank Dell out. Nico Collins and Noah Brown both banged up. Like. I just there's nothing good about this Texans team without those guys. So uh, and what what I saw out of Tennessee last week was they're still fighting mm-hmm. like they could have easily rolled over and died in that in that Dolphins game when things when things they got a couple bad breaks late, but they fought all the way back and won that game. That impressed me. Um, I, I think I think Tennessee's still probably the side here. Washington at the Rams, L.A. laying six and a half. 
with a total of 50 and a half. So they're expecting some 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 points here. Yeah, I, I like the Rams to score. I, I don't know if Washington's going to score or not. It, like it, the, the spot says Washington's the side. I don't want anything to do with Washington. Mm-hmm. The Rams lose a heartbreaker against Baltimore. I just think the matchup so clearly favors the Rams. Their offense is just electric right now, and the commander's defense is a joke. 150 points in the last four games. They've gotten worse on defense since firing the D.C., and I, I, I said this on the Dream Pod, the return of Kyron Williams is so – it's such an impact uh, guy for the, for the Rams and it's making everybody in the offense look better. Matt Stafford, 10 touchdowns, one pick since he came back from the IR and the last two games they've played Cleveland and Baltimore playing Washington's defense. After you play the two best defenses in the league, it's got to feel like a, uh, like, like like a little easier. Like you've got training wheels all of a sudden. The 49ers, 12-point favorites in Arizona against the Cardinals. This total is 47.5, and overs are undefeated in Arizona this year. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I'm with you, and there's lots of points in this matchup historically, uh, and it's usually one backup quarterback versus the starter. Uh, There's a lot of Colt McCoys and – you know, Josh Dobbs and David Blouse in the history, and they all go over this number of 47.5. The Cardinals are averaging two and a half more points per game since Murray returned, and Cardinals' home games are very offensive friendly. Uh, they, they score 23.2 points per game at home versus 13 on the road. They give up 28.7 points at home versus 22.7 on the road. I mean, it's just it's a I guess it's a fast track, but they're coming off a bye. I expect they have a good game plan. We're getting Brock Purdy and Kyler Murray. I think both guys put up some numbers over 47 and a half. So way to go. The Cowboys at the Bills, Buffalo laying two at home. And I, I like Buffalo here. And we, you know, we kind of mentioned it with Tampa going to Green Bay, but you have an indoor Texas team that's going into the frigid temperature of Orchard Park, New York. I just think that Josh Allen at home has the advantage here. I agree. And I, I listen, the, the, the Eagles win last week for Dallas was their first win against a team that's got a winning record all season long. Uh, it, it, they're 9-1 and one against teams that are currently below 500, 1-2 against teams with a winning record. And the, the Bills, listen, they're, they're in desperation mode still. Josh Allen's going to be running the football and you mentioned the weather. It's going to be cold, below 50 degrees. Uh, they'll be in the 40s. And I was reading about Dak Prescott and the thumb surgery that he had where they put that little plate in there and how he, when it's cold, he loses some feeling in that hand. And I looked back to last season and said, well, how many games did he play in cold weather? There was only one. It was week 19 in Washington, 128 yards, 38% completion, 15.9 QBR. Mm. I could imagine Dak having a rough game here. It's a great, great job there. Uh, Sunday Night Football from Jacksonville. The Ravens, three-and-a-half-point favorites at the Jags. I like the Ravens here. They didn't They didn't look super impressive last week, but um, it's, it's looking like it's going to be bad weather in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence banged up still. I mean, obviously, if, if I was surprised he played. But he certainly wasn't himself. Threw three picks for the first time this season. 56% completion rate. He just wasn't himself. Now you're going to ask him to play on a slick field against the Ravens defense. And on the other side of the ball, the Jags have given up 65 points in the last two games to Joe Flacco 
and Jake Browning. I think Lamar Jackson might have some success against his Jags team that's just trending down on both sides of the ball. Should be an entertaining uh, weekend of football because weather is going to play a factor in a lot of these NFL games. So monitor these totals extremely closely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try. If you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this, it's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Bowl season kicks off tomorrow. Seven bowl games in play for Saturday, AJ. We broke down them all on the College Football Dream Preview on RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed, including best bets for the first several bowl games until, I guess, Tuesday when we record the next episode of the College Football Dream Preview. So if you want our full breakdowns, you can go and download that podcast and listen to the game-by-game breakdown. But let's just give a quick thought on these games, AJ, and we'll start with the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Georgia Southern at Ohio. Georgia Southern is laying three. I say at Ohio. I mean, the game's in uh, Conway, South Carolina, but Georgia Southern against Ohio, Georgia Southern laying three. Yeah, I mean, Georgia Southern, I I have no idea how this Ohio team is taking money. Uh, No Curtis Rourke, neither their top running backs, neither their top receivers. Um, and, and CJ Harris is out as well. Their backup running back, which means Parker Navarro, who has 65 passing yards this season is going to be taking the snaps. I, there's nothing to like about this Ohio team. Pretty bad on defense. Uh, Curtis Rourke's the only reason this team had any life throughout the season. I, I, I can't find a reason to back Ohio here. 
Let's go to the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, where Jacksonville State is a two and a half point favorite against Louisiana, game being played at the Superdome. This was another one. I waited until I saw a two and a half and I pounced. Mm-hmm. I, I I think at two and a half there's real value. And again, I'm not sure why Louisiana's taking money. My power ratings say Louisiana. If it was if all things were equal, my power ratings do say Louisiana, but this is the Super Bowl for Jacksonville State. They they're weren't supposed to get a bowl game. They got the waiver. They're stoked to be here. They're only they've only got one player in the portal. It's their kicker. And it, Zeon Chris has a broken leg. He was the reason why Louisiana had their midseason surge. Um, I, I just I don't like this quarterback that they're going with now. And I mean, on the Rich Rod offensively, he wants to go fast. He wants to run the ball down your throat. Louisiana's 90th in rush yards allowed. So I, I think the the matchup is great for Jacksonville State. And I think the motivation edge is clearly with Jacksonville State. The Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl being played in Orlando. It's Miami of Ohio against Appalachian State. App State laying six and a half. That's the only way I can look in this game because Miami has no quarterback. Uh, see, I, I don't look. That, I mean, Miami hasn't had a quarterback for a while. Avion Smith was terrible. Uh, he's in the transfer portal. I don't know where he thinks he's going to go. I, I don't know much about Henry Hessen. I mean, he he has zero pass attempts against D1 competition this year. But App State's going to be without uh, Nate Noel, and they're going to be without two of their top wide receivers. They're missing offense, too. Miami got by this season on their defense. They've got the best defense in the MAC. They allow under 17 points per game. They've got one of the best special teams units in the country. They've got maybe the best kicker in the country uh, who went into the portal and then came back out. I, I just don't – I. I, I don't see a reason to fade Miami here based on that quarterback adjustment. I If I could get a seven, that's what I'm hoping to get is a seven on Miami. I'll be all on them, all on them. But as it stands, I like the under. This is going to be another Miami game. They're going to try to make it as grimy as possible. Um, I, I, I like I like Miami. Or I'm starting to like Miami as the line has moved up, but I certainly like the under in this game. New Mexico State will take on Fresno State in the Isleta New Mexico Bowl being played in Albuquerque. So it's the home stadium for New Mexico, where New Mexico State went this year and won a football game and New Mexico State laying three and a half. I did some research on Isleta. It's a casino in Albuquerque. So, oh, nice. uh, yeah, that's what it is. But uh, listen, the, the it sounds like Diego Pavia is going to play. And if he's playing, it, it's hard to to go against New Mexico State right here. Fresno, they just collapsed down the stretch. This was a team we thought could maybe be in a, a New Year's Six Bowl uh, halfway through the season. And they lost back-to-back games to New Mexico and San Diego State, the two worst teams in the Mountain yep. West this year. Yep. And they're not going to have Jeff Tedford. Um you know, this was a team that won the Mountain West a year ago, and, and now they're playing in the New Mexico Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think they want to be there. New Mexico State, you know, wants to be there. This is the they asked for this bowl last year and didn't get it. You know, they're excited to play in this game. So yeah. I, I, I lean certainly heavily to New Mexico State. UCLA takes on Boise State in the Starco Brands L.A. Bowl at SoFi Stadium. And the Bruins are laying four points. Yeah, there's certainly a motivation question here for UCLA. Uh, a lot of guys in the transfer portal. Um, but I, I do think that defensively, they're going to be stout. It, you cannot really run against this UCLA team. They were second nationally in rushing yards allowed. 69 yards per game. Nice. 2.3 <laughs> yards per carry. And even with with Leatu Latu, Leatu Latu out, 
I still think this defensive front is going to be strong and there is no there's nobody to throw the ball for <laughs> for Boise State. Uh Taylor Green transferred somehow up transferred to Arkansas. I don't get it, but whatever. Um Maddox Madsen's out for the season, so they're going to be have they got a true freshman out there. That means they're going to try to run everything through Ashton Genty. He is their star player on offense. The problem is you just can't run against this UCLA front. So um, I'm going to I'm going to say that this is a low scoring game uh, and a team total on Boise uh, under mm. seems like the best way to get at it. Cal takes on Texas Tech in the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl played at Independence Stadium in Shreveport, Louisiana. Total is 56 and a half Texas Tech laying three. There's a lot of opt outs for both these schools, but for, mm-hmm. particularly in the in, in the offensive side for Texas Tech, um, even with the their guys that they've got out, I like them a little bit better on both sides of the ball. But Texas Tech, they they did not win many good games this year. This is a, a team that underachieved throughout the season versus a team that overachieved. Texas Tech was kind of one of, they were was sort of a dark horse pick by some to win the Big 12. Obviously, they didn't come close to that. Cal, the fact that they're in a bowl, they've got to be excited. I, I kind of lean Cal more and more based on the motivation angle, but I, I don't think I want anything to do with this game. And uh, finally on, uh, not, you know, finally, but also on Saturday will be the Cricket Celebration Bowl from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. This is, uh, I mean, I don't want, I guess you can call it an, the HBCU Championships, because it's always the winner of the uh, the MIAC and the SWAC play each other every year in the Celebration Bowl, where the halftime show is probably just as, if not more, entertaining <laughs> than the football action on the field. But Florida A&M, 11-1 this season. They are six-and-a-half-point favorites over Howard. Yeah, I wish I could uh, give you some sort of breakdown of these teams. I'll be honest, I haven't seen either of them play. Um, so nothing there. But, yeah, tune in. Watch the band. Should be a fun show. A couple games in the top 25 last night and a couple covers for the underdogs. Wisconsin, a 75-60 win over Jacksonville State. but Jacksonville State gets the cover. Marquette, number seven in the country, 84-79 win over St. Thomas. A lot more of a fight than they were expecting, I'm sure. Uh, Oso Igadoro led the way for Marquette with 21 points and eight rebounds. Thin slate today. But there is a good one. UConn minus five and a half now against Gonzaga. This is at Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. So it's not a home game for Gonzaga. But I imagine it's going to be a very, very Gonzaga-friendly crowd. I just don't know if I trust this Gonzaga team right now. They are not playing their best basketball. They don't have a lot going for them. I was looking at at Ken Palm and uh, some of the – trying to figure out what's going on with this Gonzaga team. The stat that they've dominated under Mark Few is effective field goal percentage. And they are currently 65th nationally, which is the lowest they've been in that stat in the Ken Palm era. So going back to 1999, typically this this team either has great outside shooting or great inside presence. Right now they don't have either. Their depth is a concern. They're running all their top guys into the ground. Uh, they're 336 nationally in bench minutes. And UConn, the best two-point percentage in the country. They've got two bigs that are going to get you in foul trouble, get what they want at the rim. I don't see how Gonzaga stops it. So uh, it, it, I know they're going to have a crowd advantage, but I just think UConn is on a different level than these guys right now. Top 25 matchups tomorrow. 
there's some good ones this weekend. We've had a, a slow week in college basketball. It's because they were saving everything for this weekend. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, LSU is at Texas. LaSalle at Miami. Kansas is going to be at Indiana. I projected this line to be around six. Indiana, boy, they got humiliated against Auburn last time out. So uh, they're going to look to bounce back. They do have some good mojo at home, but Kansas still very, very good. Baylor is at Michigan State. Well, it's not at Michigan State exactly. It's at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. So it's a semi-home game as well. Baylor's projected at Kim Palm to be minus four. I can't imagine they're going to be four. I said, Baylor, if they're up to five, it's still my best bet for the weekend. So I do like Baylor against Michigan State. Uh, you'll have Texas A&M taking on Houston, Clemson taking on Memphis. And the the big matchups this weekend, number one, Arizona, number three, Purdue. Will, this be, assist, will this be a system play? I, uh, I think Purdue will be favored because it's gonna it's in Indianapolis. So I would imagine that Purdue is a one or two point favorite here uh, against Arizona and then North Carolina and Kentucky. I think this is going to be a pick. It's in Atlanta, which they, they call it Catlanta. There's a lot of Wildcats fans down there. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what the, how, how they're going to, you know, price that into the line, but I think this will probably be around a pick em game. And then Creighton who came off a humiliating loss to UNLV they're back in home in Omaha, taking on Alabama, a team who hasn't played a road game yet and struggles on defense. This might be a get-right spot for Creighton. NBA last night, the Celtics improved to 12-0 and at home with a 116-107 win and cover against the Cavs. AJ, I know you were leaning Cleveland here with the these two teams playing two back-to-back games in Boston. Yeah, and you know what? The the line eight and a half and uh, lands nine. So a, a nice job pulling it out for the Celtics. <laughs> uh, they won the fourth quarter by six points. They, they won the early part of the game and the late part of the game. Jumped out to an early lead. Cleveland fought their way back into it. And then a, a, a nice fourth quarter for the Celtics sealed the cover. Yeah, Boston undefeated at home this season. Elsewhere last night, the Timberwolves, a 119-101 win over the Mavericks despite 39 points from Luka Doncic. The Kings, 128-123 over the Thunder. De'Aaron Fox scored 41 points in the loss. SGA scored 43. Jazz topped the Blazers, 122-114. It was the Nuggets over the Nets, 124-101. A triple-double. Yeah, just ho-hum. No big deal. it's, It's par for the course. And the Clippers, without Paul George, who's day-to-day with a hip injury, defeat the Warriors 121-113. James Harden had 28 points and 15 assists. The Warriors, AJ, tweaked their starting lineup before the game. They put Andrew Wiggins on the bench. Klay Thompson had 30 points in, in one of his top games. Steph Curry only with 17, as the Dubs just can't get out of their own way. Yeah, I mean, Clay Thompson, eight of twelve from three point range, thirty point. Like this is this was a vintage Clay Thompson showing. No turnovers. Uh, if you told me that Steph and Clay were going to combine for one turnover in sixty six floor minutes, I would have said, boy, the Warriors probably dominated this game. 
it just was not to be. Um, it, it was a, a rough defensive night. Uh, the clip Clippers had a lot of success at the rim. So it's just, it's hard to find a, a reason to back this Warriors team right now. Taking a look at the games tonight, those Celtics put their undefeated home record on the line against the Magic, AJ. Boston laying six and a half. Are you laying it with them? I don't think so. I, I mean, this is the third game in four days for Boston. Uh, the the Magic have been very good, although most of their losses have come on the road. And the Celtics, you just mentioned how good they are at home. I, I'm not willing to lay six and a half points with Boston, though. Okay, we have a couple of rematches here of teams that played the other night. The 76ers taking on the Pistons. Philly now laying 15 and a half at home. The Lakers are taking on the Spurs again in San Antonio. Second consecutive game against them in San Antonio. And because LeBron is probably playing in this game, the spread is not two and a half. It is now seven and a half as opposed to what it was the other night. So does the money line parlay come into play again going against the Spurs who have lost now 17 or excuse me 18 straight games and against the Pistons who have lost a franchise record 21 straight games so looking at uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook here I could go Sixers Lakers money line and that'd be minus 200 on the parlay but if I add in that third leg the underrated bad Washington Wizards and I add in the Pacers (laughs) on that so Sixers Pacers Lakers now we're minus 104. I'm with that. So uh, let's go the the three worst teams in the league. We fade all three of them. Uh, minus 104, the money line parlay. If only we were doing this every night. We have 18 straight losses, We'd be so 21 rich. straight losses. Only six straight losses, though, for the Wizards. But they have only three wins on the season, three and 20. And the Pacers, very dangerous. They are eight and a half point favorites elsewhere the rockets who are one and eight on the road 11 and one at home one and eight on the road they're four and a half point favorites at the grizzlies who are one and ten at home so we have a one and eight road team at a one in ten home team what gives uh me i i, I give i'm not, I'm not <laughs> buying into either team there who like so, you're right something's got to give it it's not going to be me so i'll sit back and watch uh the rockets have just been dreadful on the road but the, these grizzlies are they're not the same team they were a year ago um steven adams is a, a huge loss for them I, everybody's talking about john morant but i think not having steven adams not having that toughness is such a deal breaker for these grizzlies so mm-hmm. uh i'm not interested in backing either team in this spot Toronto, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Hawks, and the Pelicans are at the Hornets. New Orleans laying six-and-a-half. On the ice last night, the Blues do indeed get the fired head coach boost in their first game under their new interim coach. The Blues get a 4-2 win over the Senators. Jordan Binnington made 32 saves. Elsewhere, the Oilers' eight-game winning streak snapped as the Lightning score five goals in the third period to beat the Oilers 7-4. I had some FOMO last night as I wanted to bet the over in the Blackhawks-Kraken game. The total was 5.5, AJ, and this season, when games are listed at 5.5, the over coming into last night was 30 and 20. There were two five and a half totals last night. I wanted to just auto bet them both over, but I looked at the stats and the first one was the Capitals and Flyers 
two of the lowest scoring teams in the entire league, two of the best under teams in the entire league. But you get overtime. Yep. So Philly wins 4-3 in a shootout. That game goes over. And then the Blackhawks, I said, I can't bet the Blackhawks over. They never score. They are one of the lowest scoring teams in all of hockey. Well, you were right. They only scored one goal yesterday. They only scored one goal. Good call, Scott. Good call. Staying away, right? But the Kraken scored seven. And Seattle won seven to one. So the two games that were five and a half totals, they do indeed go over, which means five and a half totals this year, 32 and 20 to the over. How many times in a season do you think that on the same night, multiple teams score five goals in the third period? That's got to be like, yeah, it's got to be rare. Yep. So the I saw that the Blue Jackets were up 5-0 and then next thing I knew they were in overtime. The Maple Leafs scored five unanswered goals in the third to get yep. to overtime. Yep. And then lost in overtime 6 to 5. I know what a what a tease, right? You come back, you you score the five unanswered and then to lose in overtime. It's oh, just, it's crazy. Pain. Yep. And uh and how about the the Canucks? 12-3 and 1 on home ice. They are 29 and 1 on the season. 20 wins, 9 losses, 1 overtime loss. They win 4 nothing at home against the Panthers and, you know, I I I'm not giving out awards this early, but Rick Tockett is the favorite for the coach of the year. It's the Jack Adams award in the NHL and I see it's him and right now I guess Peter Laviolette who's coaching the Rangers. Uh, there's no better job than than what Rick Tockett has done with the Vancouver Canucks uh, looking at where they are right now in the NHL standings. It's been an incredible season so far for Vancouver. Still behind Vegas, though. Vegas right. in first place in the Pacific. Well, let's take a look at the schedule here for Friday. Those Rangers, the aforementioned Rangers, are home against the Ducks. New York, minus 275. Predators are at the Hurricanes. Carolina, minus 175. The Bruins visit the Islanders. Boston, minus 125. This is a five and a half total, AJ. Do we auto go over? I just gave you the numbers, 32 and 20. No. Okay, the Senators are at the Stars, Dallas minus 200, Sharks at the Coyotes, Arizona minus 200, and our Vegas Golden Knights hosting the Sabres, VGK minus 215. I'm going VGK on the puck line. What what number can I get there? It's got to be a plus, right? It'll be a small plus money. because That's all I need. Massive, Just give me a small favorites. plus. All right, right now, depends on the book you can look at, even money, or you might be able to get plus 105, plus 108, depending where you look. All right, that's what I'm on. Golden Knights to smash tonight. Normally, I lay the juice. Tonight, I'm saying they smash. Sabres not very good on the road, and the Knights have been dominant at home. Fantastic fight card this weekend. UFC 296. And they've got two title fights. Leon Edwards taking on Colby Covington and Alexandre Pantoja taking on Brandon Royval for the flyweight title. Uh, I'm going to give you a best bet here, and I'm going to give sort of a split best bet here. It's on the same fight. I'm going to go one unit on each. Shavkat Rachmanov versus Steven Thompson. I'm going to do Shavkat Rachmanov inside the distance, minus 175. 
And I'm going to do Rachmanov Thompson under one and a half rounds at plus 140. Poor Steven Thompson. He's he's not completely washed, but he's certainly headed that direction. And they match him here with a, a guy who I believe is going to be a future champion. Rachmanov is a, a massive, massive welterweight. He's got a great chin. And he's got the kind of wrestling clinch game that's going to get Thompson to the ground. And once it's on the ground, I think Wonder Boy is going to have a hard time getting up. Rachmanov is too good, too big right now for Thompson to see the final bell. Rachmanov has finished 17, all 17 of his fights, 100% finish rate. All but five of those have gone under one and a half rounds. So we're going to lay juice on Rachmanov inside the distance. And we're going to go for a little extra action. Uh, so if he if he finishes him in you know the third round, we still bre- we break even. But if he finishes him early, it's a nice payout here. So Rachmanov inside the distance minus one seventy five. Rachmanov Thompson under one and a half rounds plus one forty. You can get AJ's full UFC card at pregame.com. In fact, we have a lot of great packages for sale right now at pregame.com. And if you use our promo code, you can save 20% off of your purchase. The promo code is BAGEL20. BAGEL20 will save you 20% off at pregame.com. No matter what you buy, you can take 20% off. But let me just tell you what's available for purchase right now. The all-new 2024 All Access. You choose your favorite pregame pro, and you get every pick for the entire calendar year of 2024, and you can take 20% off of that purchase using the promo code BAGEL20. But here's the kicker. If you do purchase that now, we'll throw in the next couple of weeks, the next two weeks of 2023, you get that included. So you get a head start. So if you buy the 2024 All Access from your favorite pregame pro, you're going to get the next two weeks included in that package, which will be, you know, the bowl games, NBA, NHL, whatever your your pregame pro does. For the next two weeks, you'll get it for the rest of 2023, and you take 20% off of that package using the promo code BAGEL20. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.